Have you ever wondered how successful architecture, engineering, and construction companies scale their business? Or have you ever wanted guidance on how to get more growth, wealth, and freedom from your AEC company? Well, then you're in luck. Hi, I'm Will Forat. And I'm Justin Nagel, and we're your podcast hosts. We interview successful AEC business leaders to learn how they use people, process, and technology to scale their businesses. So sit back and get ready to learn from the industry's best. This is Building Scale. Thanks for joining in the show today. We want to just ask one quick thing before we start. Can you please give us a share, a like, a follow? If it's Apple Podcasts, if it's Spotify, if it's Google, if it's Amazon, wherever it is, show us a little bit of love. We would be completely, unbelievably appreciative of that activity. All right, now let's hit it. So today we're going through the season three of Building Scale and what we learned, all the fun nuggets and business knowledge that we gained from the AEC industry, uh, experts and every everything in between. So let's just dive right in, Will. Let's, let's get after it. Justin, I'm excited. There was a lot to really digest in the past, really in the past few months, like holy cow, mind blown. And so what we've done is we've just kind of condensed a lot of those things down. And I hope if you hear something that you want to listen to, go back to that episode. I promise you there's something for everyone here. Definitely. No question. No question about it. Justin, what were your biggest nuggets, you know, takeaways from the, what we kind of discussed on building scale uh, really in the past quarter, a couple of quarters. One big thing that it kind of just shot out at me as you were talking was the size of these companies different, right? You have a 300 person company, you have like 10 person company. So very extraordinarily different sizes. And yet, even still, there were ideas that the small company that was, was doing that maybe the big company wasn't doing or was so impactful that I was like, oh my God, like that's so, it's so refreshing to hear that it, the size obviously of scale, hence scaling is getting bigger, but being able to do the activities at a, a, a smaller company that then keeps stacking and that company has already grown since then, since we've talked to them, which is amazing. So that to me was one big thing that I just thought of, of where, yes, we're trying to grow, we're trying to build scale, we're trying to do that, but that doesn't mean that a little company doesn't have a lot to offer of value when it comes to certainly the stories and uh, business knowledge that they're, they're sharing with us, which is really cool. One one that the smaller uh, I'm not going to call them small because they're they're not small in, in industry and architecture by any means. But this one of those smaller companies they had this idea of uh, the twenty the twenty main things they want to achieve in the year. So they write these down, they break them out into like 120 subtasks, and they just go to the team and are like, "All right, guys, this is we're going to do this. We're going to do this thing. These are the things that are going to move the business forward. It's going to help us scale. It's going to do all those things." Who wants to do what? I know that these aren't the glamorous, oh, we're, we're going to design a new building. We're going to do all the, the day-to-day stuff. This is more of that kind of working on the business stuff. And, and we talked a lot about that this season, too. A lot of EOS vibes, oh, yeah. a lot of EOS vibes. Certainly Dan's a wacky. But even, even without an EOS, a lot of people talked about working on the business and things that they do to make the business just better or scale. And that was one of the things from Haley and Blake at Daniels and Chandler, where they were talking about the 20 main goals that they were building that was really on the business. I want to say they even said that verbatim in the episode. They said, it's not glamorous. These are like 20 things that are 
for the business, on the business kind of work in comparison to the day-to-day stuff. So that was that was wild and fascinating. I love that. I, they, I, I think I said then, and I definitely told them directly, but if I didn't say it on the episode, they are like the the young rock stars that are up and coming that like will be on ink magazine covers like they're very very smart um individuals so shout out to you guys thank you again for your time for being on the show yeah another uh another partnership which we this is we had two partnerships on to like the actual partners being both on the episode uh so another one so uh Haley and Blake and then Julian Mike uh, from Chicago Lightworks, they also had a great process that I, I love was their sales training. So they have like a two to three day, just full on, this is training. It's all based on vulnerability and like do a lot, of obviously, um, you know, role playing and things like that. But the concept of building relationships was huge. And obviously that that's near and dear to our heart. Last year, our our goal was to build relationships. It was relationships was our theme of the year. And I think we did a really amazing job of that. So it's great to hear when you're having these very successful business, again, scaled at five years from 19 to 50 people, uh, huge, huge growth, like, you know, massive growth for them. And to hear that, like, their foundation is vulnerability and relationships and the sales process was just amazing. Like, that's great. Like, for me, having a process that has, you know, the touchy feelies is, you know, I'm, I'm all in. So sign, sign me up every time. Uh, and then... Uh, acquisition process from Tony at RTM. Oh yeah. That also was mm-hmm. just amazing to hear. Like they're doing, a, they're obviously making a lot of acquisitions and and they have over the last, I think it was six years that they started and they've been going. It, it, it's in the episode. If I have the, the time frame wrong there, you know, please correct me. But <laughs> I know that they were doing like, four, I think they're up to like 14 acquisitions now, like, since kind of and they didn't really start acquiring until a few years in right yep. and like amazing to hear how much faster they've gotten and how honed in they've gotten with kind of their acquisition process and they're growing through acquisition because for them i mean it's definitely it's definitely a strategy right and there's a lot to it oh yeah yeah and the you know, being strategic about it. And then, you know, Tony explaining like now it becomes a platform, right? Like this becomes, this becomes a very process driven thing. Uniquely enough, they aren't looking at like, let's just check your numbers and see if this works. He's like, that doesn't happen for a long time. It is totally all culture, core values. You know, are, are you, are you even remotely the right person to get married? It's me. He said it was more like a marriage. It wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, we're going to acquire you and we're going to just make some we're going to make things better and happen. It was like, no, we're 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 becoming in a, this very joint relationship and we want to make sure that that's right before we go down the path of like do, does your books stack up to the way we need them. Uh which was also just so super cool. Uh, I love that his when I asked him what he does, he said he builds uh businesses and people, right? He builds his people up. He builds culture. That's what he does. 300 person engineering firm. Now, just people give me the people focus. And I was like, that's amazing. So uh, that was crazy. He also had mentioned that he, one of the things he was proud of process wise was having an independent fiduciary, fiduciary board um, that has nothing to do with his company, but it's just a, just an overlooking kind of like, Hey, when things just seem off. So you have just kind of that, that second opinion, you know, you get that outside perspective, I think is super important. We talk about that a lot, you know, 
it's great to, to, to it's great to be good at business, but it also is great when you can take a step back or have somebody else take a step back, consultant, US implementer, you know, a board like this where like, man, that makes a huge difference in, in just making decisions going forward. So those are the things that really stuck out to me that were, you know, these processes that like, oh, wow, these are, I mean, there was tons of people stuff in this season, but process wise, that was those, those like totally like, I loved them. I couldn't get enough of them. I was all about it. So what about you? What are some of the things that you learned industry wise? You kind of just, maybe it surprised you a little bit and, and that showed like how it helped, you know, companies, you know, build scale. Yeah. So Justin, since we already kind of started talking about RTM uh, and Tony, one of the things that Tony mentioned, which I thought was a little surprising, is that there's no that biz, divorces in business are not really defined, right? And so it's the reason why, if there's a quote unquote dis, divorce, right, where things are not going well, it's messy, right? And so what Tony did uh, and his team is created a lot of upfront work for fit and spent spent so much time upfront, but I think it's paying them dividends, paying them in spades, right? Uh, look, it's not perfect, but when you're at 14, like, you know, a thing or two, right? You, you've obviously been able to prove something and able to continue having repeatable results. And that's really from a process perspective, that's amazing, right? And that first one to three acquisitions is like where you're really starting to learn but when you're at 14, you have a process, you got a platform. Like, I, I can't tell you how much we've seen. And Tony just summed it up so nicely in that episode. If you are interested in acquisitions in any way, shape, or form, go listen to that episode. It's incredible. Oh, no question. M&A, if you're interested in M&A as a strategy, go listen to that episode. And if you have more questions, reach out and we can either get you in contact with Tony or somebody, somebody over there to kind of help you get some guidance. So, yeah. The other one that I found that was super interesting is introspective. So Micah, right. Uh, and I really related with Micah because of the whole visionary. So anyone that understands EOS entrepreneurial operating system, we talk about it uh, uh, here and there and we definitely, and we actually interviewed someone uh, that's a, an EOS implementer, but for Micah sp uh, specifically, the introspection to be able to realize that he was essentially being a distraction to his team and then hiring a COO uh, was pretty near and dear to my heart because I felt kind of very similar to him. I've been in his position exactly. So understanding like what it takes. And I will say that it is actually very surprising overall hearing about it because not many people talk about it. Okay. So I found that really surprising uh, and super cool that he did that, right? Being able to step back and have someone else take over, it requires sort of giving up some things, but in return, you also gain back a lot more, in my opinion, I think you gain a lot more freedoms because of doing that, but it does require letting go a bit and trusting someone else to be able to take the reins and also trust that you are causing chaos, right? For those that are very visionary. Um, so super cool to hear amongst many other things that Micah talked about. Uh, and so the other part is like the passive freedom, like while growing business, you know, turning passions or life events into change of direction. So 
talking about, you know, the hotels uh, and actually, you know, Micah uh, essentially converting, you know, the churches into hotels and creating a whole bunch of automation, but then also taking most of the profits, right? And essentially re, uh, like basically donating them, uh, the profits. Holy cow. That's awesome. And the fact that you can do that, right? And still have a sustainable bottle, you're doing something super cool there. And then Matt, right? Talking about introspection, Matt uh, Debara from Debara Masonry. Life event, baby, and the pivot to teaching, right? Sometimes it's the big life events. And I can say, just because I've had one of my own uh, in the past six months, there have also been some pivots for me as well. So I totally understand why sometimes the big life events requires a little introspection going, oh, is this what I want to continue doing or do I want to go in a different direction? So Matt talking about uh, his pivots and sort of, I don't know, you just got to listen to the episode. Uh, there's definitely pieces that he talks about there. And I thought that was super interesting. And then this is the one, help me out here, Justin, because I just, I remember hearing it. I just don't remember who said it. Someone had mentioned that they went through a process of implementing technology and wished they had paid for the implementation fees. And it would have actually been four times, they paid like 50 grand and implemented. Essentially the option was implement to themselves or, or have someone else uh, implement it for like 50 grand and like 50 grand, that's a lot of money, right? And then after going through the process, right, I think th I'm pretty sure they went back and then, you know, paid some implementation fee, but it would have been worth four times as much because the amount of time that was wasted for their own people to try to do the implementation and go through the process, it took a hell of a lot longer to do. Do you remember who this was? I'm sorry. I want, I, I'm pretty confident that was Mike. I'm I'm almost confident that was Micah. Uh, Micah, hit us up. I know you're listening. So uh, if we are wrong, we will correct this. But I'm pretty sure it's Micah from Anchor Investments. So yes, from Anchor Investments. So, but we actually heard the same message a few different ways from uh, from multiple people, which is really the cost of time, right? Do you want to be doing it, or do you want someone else to be doing it, right? So. And the part that the industry is having a hard time, I think, adjusting to is what does it take? What does it cost to implement technology and 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 falsely thinking, oh, it's going to be cheaper if I implement it because we have salary employees. Right. So it's going to be cheaper if we implement it. But the reality is that just because it's not a line item directly on your P&L, right? Doesn't mean that you should be doing it yourself. Holy cow. Like, I think it was really eye-opening to actually hear the numbers and then self-assessment later going, we would have paid four times as much, right? I feel like Blake and Haley said something similar. They were talking about legal legal fees and how the, they, they, tr they try to work with the big firm now, right? Like they don't, they're not trying to like penny, you know, pinch pennies because they realize that like, oh yeah, that first, you know, it may seem like this is a lot of money, but in reality, it's going to get done right and faster. And therefore it's not as much money as it appears to be. And it, it actually pays itself off very quickly, but it's because you're, it's a mindset shift, which is one of the reasons why, you know, they're on, they're on my roadmap to the Inc. Uh, Inc. magazine. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're going to almost double in size in the next year. Like, okay. 
real like real introspection here. How many companies can raise their hand and say, we're going to double in size or almost double in size in the next year? Very, very, very few companies can do that and let alone have a plan to do it and be able to execute on it, right? It's uh, it's dreams until you start executing and have a plan around it. And I can tell you, they're going to do it. I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to do it because we've just talked to enough companies to hear what the successes are, what makes a company successful. I can tell you they will 100% without a doubt do it. The other one was that I found like super interesting was Ira. So I, uh, Ira from Mosaic, the yes and attitude, which is completely counterintuitive to scale. Okay. And so if you didn't hear the episode, the general idea of yes and uh, of the yes and attitude is being able to say yes to things that you haven't done before, right? And and then actually like going and figuring it out, doing it. Uh, and part of what he talked about is, and what I could you could definitely tell just by listening to him is the lack of fear and the upfront candor that he had, right? Because basically said, we don't have any real knowledge in this area, but if you trust us in this other area and and what our process is, then, I mean, they literally had a client come up to them and go, are you willing to try this with us? They said, yes. And. And that. Yes, and. (laughs) Yes, and. And not only, and and from that decision, they 10x their company. Holy shit. Okay. So, you know, might not have been able to foresee it right at that time. That's creating so much trust with someone that you've worked with. Do you be able to say, hey, we've never done this before. It's probably going to be even more expensive. Right. But if you're willing to work with us, and you trust our process and et cetera. It's going to be a great partnership. Obviously, they made it work because they 10x'd, right? The last one that I found super interesting. So the beginnings of how companies start are always interesting. But the one that I found super unique that I haven't heard before was Julian Mike from Chicago Lightworks. Them essentially breaking off from Philips and going, we have a company, right? I I just mentioned that I just met with a, uh, a new entrepreneur and I just mentioned their story to her because I was like, listen, she they did exactly what you're doing, except they took 19 people from the organization to put into their new company, which to me, I still am I'm in awe and baffled. Baffled. Baffled, totally baffled. <laughs> so, uh, but also the interesting thing was Hearing about, even though they worked with the same people, hearing about the cultural challenges, you know, of an old team, right? A team that they had before and then going to a new company. And now it's technically not, even though it's the same people, but you now have different roles, new new company, new team, right? Even though it's the same people. And so the cultural challenges around there and how they work through it, super interesting, right? Because you're not going from zero you're going from we are already running, right? And, and on top of running, we need to like continue to be able to have Steam to continue to go and pay these people, et cetera, right? And like I can't tell you 
how fascinating that is to me versus starting from the ground up. I don't care if you're starting from the from zero, right? Uh, you know, kind of grassroots versus starting with an investment from a company. What they did, I think, is way more unique than those two scenarios. They broke off and started, and then just continued on. And I mean, they've already more than doubled in size, like awesome, in such a short amount of time. Uh, they did in like what, three years or something like that, three four years. Yeah, I I think they've been around for five in totality, but yeah, they're they doubled up or more than doubled up. They doubled up in like three years or something like that. So like, good for you guys. Um, obviously, have figured uh, a lot of things out around scale, and more power to you. Um, you want to hear how that happens? Go listen to a Julian Mike's episode from Chicago Lightworks. For sure. So, Justin, what kind of themes did you see this season? Two major things I saw. EOS, or working on the business in some capacity. So, like, having a more defined operations process, you know, the way to run the business. That popped up all over the place. It, it seems that, obviously, not only Dan Zawacki, who is an EOS implementer, who's amazing, not only him, but also like, I think it was like half the companies we talked to this season were EOS or had followed EOS or had minimally read traction. Like it just seemed like everybody was on the EOS vibe bandwagon this season, which, you know, we're an EOS company. I know we mention it all the time, but uh, just for some listening, we're an EOS company and we like, we live and breathe it. We love it. Couldn't imagine running a business without it. But to hear so many, you know, AEC companies that are rocking the EOS life was so inspiring. It's so cool to hear because when you talk to those companies, it's just they speak the same language as an EOS term. They have core focus, core values. They know right people, right seats. All the things that I think that we discuss on the show, like they're just different different ways to kind of talk about it for people that aren't EOS, but like the concepts of it having the right people and the right processes in place um, just is, is so EOS friendly. It just, it, it kind of like hands itself back and forth so easily. That was a huge thing. And then talking about people working on the business, it was very easy for them to differentiate like, oh, this is when I'm working on the business. This is what I'm doing. Kind of like the Haley and Blake, where it's like, these are 20 things that we need to do that are not architecture based. They're just business based that need to get done. So we need to work on the business X amount of time, right? It was and it was so cool to see all of that kind of come through and shine through on like every other episode. So uh, shout out to EOS, the EOS Worldwide. You know, give give us give us a follow, EOS. Come on, We're messing around. The other the other big thing was relationships. So one relationships just on our mind all of last year, but we saw relationships kind of go in different places like the owner relationship uh father son so we had some father son one matt debara he like learns all this stuff he's, he's like mixed in some men at nine years old he learns like all the business and then he says hey i'm gonna go to i'm gonna move to la from the east coast and start you know start up operations over here which is just like a hey i'm, I'm gonna go off and do my own thing dad uh you know we're gonna rock and roll on the on the family name but like i'm gonna go do my thing which was super cool. And then you have Tony where it's like, he's the fourth employee uh, of this now 300 person engineering firm and how his, you know, his dad was the the founder of that and how he came in and was able to just kind of shine, which has been amazing. 
partners too, like I mentioned before, having Julie and Mike and having Haley and Blake, it just seemed like we had more partnerships that were not just a not just a silent partnership, but just more partnerships. They were all, all four of them were on the show. And then Ira, his two partners too. He was very, um, he talked about them a whole bunch because they have not only the Mosaic brand, but they have the two brands underneath it. That I don't remember the design build one. I do not remember the name off the top of my head, but then the cannabis facilities. So it was really cool to hear about. It's not just one person running the show. There's some there's some kind of relationship at the top there, which has been awesome. And then even RTM, they as they acquire, it's they're adding new partners in in the fold, which is also a really cool thing. And then industry relationships, I feel like we heard a bunch of that. I wrote with the the yes and right that that the idea that hey we're gonna we're gonna do some cannabis facilities. It's not a thing we did. Ta-da! Like because we had this deep relationship and trust that was already formed, it was. You know, that yes and was an ability. They had that ability to give the yes and, which is really cool. And then I, I think Blake and Haley also mentioned getting warm connections into even just resources for your business goes a long way. Because, you know, like I said, they're they're using bigger firms now. They want to use like higher end level resources. And it's they said not everybody would answer our call. Like, and I'm like, that's wild. You're trying to pay somebody money and they don't want to talk to you. You're just, and that's just the nature of like, well, they look at us as not big enough to, you know, afford the top end lawyer in Nashville. And it's like, well, here, here, here you are. Now you, now you get that warm introduction. It's a lot easier to, to get services that way. It's pretty cool. You know what? There was one other thing and, you know, you kind of made me think about this, the relationship side mappies bradley tassin right and essentially they're creating relationships with with their own employees and calling them mappies right and and the way they look at data like you want to talk about like next level okay like this you are you've you've grown to a certain amount of size and now you don't want to be behind on data you want to actually be able to make decisions and pivot they are the epitome of being able to pivot of quite large organization, they're able to pivot on a dime, okay? Because of the data that they're, and be able to make adjustments, not a month behind, not six weeks behind or two months behind, like a lot of a lot of the other, uh, uh, a lot of the other companies do in the industry. Oh, yeah. They're able to do it on a daily basis because they're getting live feed, live reporting and live visualization of like what's going on mm-hmm. in their company and be able to make those tweaks and those adjustments so rather than waiting. <laughs> right. And, and of course, on the flip side, that person thinking I'm doing things right. No, I'm doing things uh, awesome, tastic. And then only to find out like a month later or two months later, Oh, I'm doing shit work. You're just telling me this now. You want to prevent that from happening. Go listen to uh, Bradley Tassin's episode, because that is like the epitome of like what, what they're, what they, are tackling and have tackled. Uh, you want to talk about geeking out on data, but in a very, mm-hmm. you know, leader, leader-like perspective goes into his episode because this is what building a company and building scale sort of to the next level. I think that is where it's at, especially with now talks about AI uh, and involving AI into companies. In order to be able to involve AI requires having these processes and these data to be able to be able to make those decisions. Enough said about that. So 
No, I com- I, I completely agree. It's inter- it's interesting to see which levers get pulled, right? People, process, or technology. And you know, you need all three to be working. Like you need all three of those to be in place to scale. But it's interesting to see certain companies lean more into one or the other. And like when you get to a certain size, they're generally having all three, you know, at nauseum or at, at the nauseum at which they can work at. And then when you see, especially when the tech side comes in so heavy, it's they realize they have the epiphany at some point that says throwing people at this problem isn't going to solve it in comparison to technology. Technology is going to solve this problem at a much cheaper you know, cost point, but as well as it's going to just enhance everything else in the company as well, right? Like it's the, it's the, it's the, Hey, you need to have good people. You need to have good process. And once you have those two things, pour the gasoline on the technology because it's going to be the thing that takes you to the stratosphere. Right. Um, and I think that's, that's certainly map, you know, Bradley, what they're doing over there. Like they, they, they have great people. They have good processes. Like, and now it's just like, how do we analyze data to like make better business decisions and stay on top of everything. So really, really cool. That you mentioned that, uh, but for relationship stuff, uh, other relationships stuff in a, in a selfish way, we, we built lots of relationships this uh, oh yeah season. So uh, I, I, I don't have a favorite. One. I, it, there's people that have reached out to us to uh, tell us about companies that need help with technology, which is awesome, right? There's a, there's a fun immediacy of, of goodiness. Um, separate from that, M&A stuff, people that uh, you know, are looking at M&A or trying to be acquired or want to merge, things like that. They want to have those connections and they want to have that conversation. Those people have talked to us now. Getting feedback, way more feedback, uh, I feel like this season too. People Apparently people want to hear more about us, which is great. Got, got to love that. So uh, we'll make sure we put that in. M&A stuff that's coming down the line. Um, and then, you know, the good, the good obviously, uh, you know, people process, those things kind of adding in. But we, we've got some good new guests that I'm really excited about that I'll, I'll mention later in the show. But yeah, no, I feel like we're in a really good place. This season, this season certainly feels very relationship heavy. Yeah just based on like the connections of people that we've talked to and now have continuously talked to since then, even post recording. So that's been tons of fun. Uh, and one, oh, one other big takeaway is you've been like getting speaking engagements, man. Like you've been like out there, out there, uh, yeah, preaching the good word. Yeah. Tell, tell, tell the people more about it, man. Give your, give yourself the spotlight. Oh yeah. I, I, okay. It happened a little bit by accident. Got invited to speak in front of about 20, 20 owners and principals, you know, leaders uh, in the industry, and to kind of talk about uh, kind of how to implement technology and cybersecurity and, and things like that. And we did it. I did it in a really fun, tongue-in-cheek way, and it hit really home. So I started realizing, look. Construction, and I'm talking about the bigger construction industries. So I'm talking about architectural engineering, construction, all of that. Okay. They are the top three targeted industry for fraud, ransomware, and, and it all comes from a result of sort of inappropriate or lack of appropriate uh, investments in cybersecurity, as well as technology. It's not even just cybersecurity, it's technology altogether. So I'm kind of on a warpath to educate the industry in a way that they can understand because it's super technical. 
and no one likes to make decisions on technical. Okay, it's it's horrendous. So I'm doing it in a way that helps educate the industry so that they're not making a technical decision, they're making a business decision. And so I'm kind of breaking it down that way. And then I'm also from, I mean, building scale is a lot about strategy, right? So the other part that I'm doing is I'm kind of, I guess I'm asking the audience, look, I'm continuing to seek engagements in front of non-technical leaders, educate them on how to, how to make decisions, how to drive technology and cybersecurity decisions, okay? Because we've talked to a bunch of people, a bunch of leaders. I've talked to probably, just within the last quarter, I've probably talked to about 100 leaders on an individual basis. And here's what I'm gathering. There's not enough paranoia around cybersecurity. There, yes, you heard me correctly. Not enough paranoia, okay? There's not enough great information for non-technical leaders, okay? And there's a general lack of awareness and misplaced trust uh, on pseudo, they're not even technical leaders, they're just techies, okay, on tech guys. There's a, and there's a lack of awareness for non-technical leadership and a misplaced trust, okay, that we're seeing. And it's, it's causing some issues out in the industry, like big issues. And then uh, there's a few leaders that the few leaders that sort of talk about cybersecurity, they need help in making decisions. And the framework for decision making isn't quite there. They need help, right? And so I've been invited for multiple speaking engagements and I'm able to help show what that looks like and sort of help break it down in a way that's easy to understand. So you don't have to, I mean, just talk about really numbers, talk about some of the myths and talk about some of the things that are happening out there to increase your awareness, right? And I do it in a tongue-in-cheek way, so I think that's why it's memorable, because I really didn't, initially, I didn't expect to talk about this at all, right? I, I think I talked in front of like eight or nine people, and they said, I'm supposed to spread the word to the world. Well, a couple more times, and I think I'm now convinced maybe I should be talking to the world about this. Sorry, guys. Uh, I didn't see myself as doing speaking engagements uh, before. I am now, so I'm an accidental speaker. I'd love to, I'd love to be able to do more. It's so funny because when this all started happening, you could you could see that after Will did the first one, how jazzed he got, like how unbelievably happy he became. Uh, not that he was unhappy before, but he just you could tell that there was a fire lit, that there was going to be no way to extinguish it. So that was to me, it was really cool uh, to see. So that's that's just a fun side note, I suppose. <laughs> Here's what happened. I was invited for a speaking engagement three, four, five times, each time reserved for an hour. And the discussion got so intense in between the crowd and myself and in between. I mean, went from an hour to two and a half hour discussions, okay? And the agenda that they had initially put on, and I had warned them, I'm like, I can talk about this stuff, you know, 45 minutes and I'm done. And they wanted the discussions. The discussions got so intense for all the principals and owners and asking the questions that their mind was completely blown. So I now have it as part of my presentation, preventing BPMs, butt puckering moments. That's right, folks. You heard it here. I'm preventing BPMs. 
<laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's the that's the kind of themes that I saw. What what are other unique like stuff you learned, found out, surprised by? Um, I know we mentioned the M and A strategy stuff. Uh, that get, that's another thing that gets gets Will's fire rolling. So, what is your perspective on that? Yes, I like puzzles. So, okay, I like puzzles, and M and A is a gigantic puzzle of people, processes, technology. Right? It's all three of those, and and it's not like there's one right answer, but there's definitely paths that are more right than others and so it gets me really jazzed up in in sort of understanding that uh and getting people to understand on a bigger perspective look i'm not like the m a expert don't look at me that way but we've seen enough uh and because we see kind of the insides of companies we get to see the underbelly right people expose their underbelly all the time to us mm. there's stuff that i wish i could talk about it on the show but i can't sworn to secrecy I can tell you that we've made introductions because of building scale of people that are looking at their exit strategy and going, hey, maybe we want to work with one of the companies that are on uh, building scale. And we've made those introductions. Okay. Happy to do that. Just reach out. Right. And then the other part is just spreading the word. We are the only podcast out there that talks about scale in any way, shape, or form in AEC, not just construction, not just engineering, not just architecture across the board, okay? So if you want to be a leader, this stuff excites you, spread the word. If you know someone that gets excited by this stuff, spread the word. Uh, I think it's super important. I think this is actually what could, uh, what creates sustainability inside organizations. You want long-term, you want to see a legacy of a company? Scalability is the only way to, in this infinite game that we call business, it's the only way that you'll be able to survive the game for a very very long time shout out to simon sinek infinite game yeah uh and if he and if for some reason he's listening uh he's a role model of mine i'd love to meet him in person i only got to see him speak once but i'd love to be able to have uh an actual sit down with him like i said if he if he's listening or if you know him, I'd love to be able to talk to him. Hey, well, you can be on the show, Simon. Come come on down. You can you can uh, come on down. You, you can show up anytime you want. You have a full uh, full range to just sit in anytime you're you're available. So that's Justin. I mean, this was kind of super cool season. Loved uh, who we talked to. Why don't you talk about what's coming up? Why don't you excite our people a little bit about who we're talking to? Because I think this is super exciting. I am in agreement completely. So uh, we have we have a little bit of everything. So you know we took some feedback. We got some of that for us. So we're like, okay, so things that people you know want to hear, pe- the people they want to hear, they want to hear experts that not are only in AEC but work with AEC. So we've done some consultants that have been on, but we actually have Brittany Hodak who has just released her book, Creating Superfans, which that episode we literally recorded last week. Last, Yeah, I think last week, and it was unbelievably amazing. I'm so stoked about releasing that one. So that will be the first episode of uh, yeah season, so you, you'll be really excited about that. 
Fieldwire, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know who Fieldwire is. So we have the president of Fieldwire, Eve, uh, which I'm really excited about. They're now part of Hilti, if you don't know that. So that's also really, really cool. Um, we have some M&A experts. Uh, as obviously, we talked about that a little bit, but it just seems like it keeps coming up. It keeps coming up and we have to just kind of dive into that. We have a contract expert, so people that deal with construction contracts for subs and specialties specifically. How do you get better terms in your contract? What he said, uh, something in the terms. Oh man, I, I, he'll do it better than me. I'm not, I'm not too worried. But that's another one. And then obviously we're still going to have GCs on. We're still going to have architecture firms. The one that I think is really cool. Uh, I'm not going to divulge too much into that, but they've done some really big deals which is insanely exciting really big really big uh and then specialty trade partners too we uh we i'm, I'm trying to not say subcontractors anymore that's that's another thing uh that was actually ira ira said that in this this past season he said we don't call them subs because that that's not it's there you know it's not, it's not nice to say nobody wants to be sub anybody else so why you call them subs is just not a way so they're trade partners that's our trade partners so other specialty trade partners and uh, if you are interested in being season four uh, building scale, please reach out, go to buildingscale.net. You can uh, fill out a form there. You can also reach out to either of us on whichever platform you're listening to this to uh, our LinkedIn. You'll find us on LinkedIn backslash Will Farad backslash just Nagel. Yeah. So that that's what we got coming up here. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think we've got cool guests coming, cool topics coming and just more fun. Also, oh, also cyber stuff. There'll be more cyber stuff too because Will's on the war path, as he said. So we got to make sure that we're we're giving you guys all the education that you need uh, on the cyber side to make sure that you don't fall into the trap of, you know, having your secretary, assistant, receptionist, project manager, whomever, click the link that they should not be clicking on uh, that puts the business down for multiple weeks. So with all that said, that's that that's the show that's what i got so uh please again like and follow share uh with your friends and we would be unbelievably gracious if you could do that thank you so much guys and until next time adios adios Thank you for joining us today and listening to this episode. If this episode did help you, then be sure to share it with someone else who needs to hear it. If you want to be a guest on the podcast or looking for additional help on your journey to find more wealth, scale, and freedom in your AEC company, visit our AEC resources page at spotmigration.com backslash AEC hyphen resources. resources.